0: Oh Man up in my city on the roof yeah They took when i way about a hoop
1: The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover <laughs> the, oh, oh,
2: oh, right.
1: oh. oh. the Big East
0: Edward Ewing Brown
1: the rest of the college hoops Rocher world.
0: The screen,
1: Dunn, his this in. is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Man up in my city, on the
0: yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host,
2: Mike Providence Cryer. Follow me a a on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier. My read our blog, provincecriercom Join, Join with me, as always. We got BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. day. Today is Tuesday, April 19th. And, um, you know... We're here because a massive, massive weekend for the Province Friars on the recruiting trail. The Friars nab three transfers on the weekend, the first being Noah Locke from Louisville. Um, that was on Friday. And then on Easter Sunday, we get a double dip, a double ed Cooley pool dip, if you will, B.O.C. Uh, <laughs> Clifton Moore, big man from LaSalle, commits. Shortly thereafter, Devin Carter as well, the guard from South Carolina. So let's get right into it, BOC. Great weekend, huh?
1: Yeah, quiet weekend on the recruiting front, Ed. Um, <laughs> very, very, they Providence with them losing, I guess, theoretically, all five of their starters. Um, I consider Bynum a, a sixth starter. He's a, he was on the bench just by title only. Um, but – but them losing the five starters, they, they need to reload, and they certainly ha- have done that. Locke is, you know, and I've, I've said it a ton of times, the old Mike Bray added to get old and stay old. Locke is a fifth-year senior um, who's only eligible to play because of the COVID year. He is a perfect replacement for A.J. Reeves. He doesn't have the size of Reeves. Reeves is a bit taller than him, probably has like two or three inches on him. Hit pretty much the same clip from deep, and – Lock is a little bit better off the dribble. Um, so they both average throughout their career nine to 10 points a game. Uh, we're not asking Lock to put up 15 to 20 because uh, I, I think that's setting him up to fail. But he's a perfect fit and replacement for Reeves. I think he will have similar uh, production as well. And then, um, so yeah, with that, are you excited about the Lock commitment?
2: Oh. I mean, hell yeah. We've wanted this guy for years, B.O.C. I know, I know. Um, you know, I remember writing about him on a blog. Were you with, with me at that point? No, probably not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember writing articles about Locke wanting him bad. Uh, he chooses Florida the, the, the first time um, and then enters the portal, and we were in the mix with him again. He ends up opting for Chris Mack in Louisville. Um, you know, if you remember his first recruitment, Xavier was one of the teams in the mix with Providence in Florida, uh, amongst others. So when Chris Mack went to Louisville, I mean, that was a good fit for him at that time, uh, uh, you know, in his opinion. So, you know, are time's of charm, right? And I'll tell you what, BOC, I was stunned by that commitment news. I'm that came
1: out of nowhere. No, I really did. Dude, one one theme I've noticed with this with uh this offseason with the transfer transfer recruits and also even last year to a certain extent is they keep this stuff under wraps. They don't want anybody knowing who's visiting or anything like that. Like the only reason the only reason we even knew about Clifton more is because somebody tweeted out, Hey, I see um, I see Devin Carter walking the street, walking the streets with Ed Cooley. And then somebody else goes, No, that's Well, Sal, big man, Clifton Moore. And, you know, I consider us pretty in the know, but we didn't, I wasn't even aware of that name. And that would have been one, if somebody didn't tweet that out, it probably would have been another surprise commit. I think we knew we were in on walk, but we didn't know it was going to happen that quickly. I think they're doing that deliberately. They don't, they don't want the, you know, the show of the trips and the, you know, the official visits. They just want to find a place that is suitable for them, for their potentially their last stop of their collegiate career, and so there's, you know, it goes under the radar. But I think it's pretty cool that we're not finding out about who's essentially visiting.
2: Yeah, I mean, so if you think about it, it would make sense for Locke not to visit, right? He's probably been to the campus uh, before. I mean, he definitely had a visit before. So, um, you know, he's probably seen the campus. You know, this is round three of Cooley and staff recruiting him. So, I mean, to me, um, he's, uh, you know, for, for, for him, he probably just didn't need to take a visit, right? And yeah. we were all kind of, as fans, locked into the, the Devin Carter visit over the weekend. No pun uh, intended. Right. <laughs>
1: there
2: you go. Uh, that, uh, you know, totally caught us off guard. I mean, it was a guy that we did bring up um, in the episode that we had with Rich Corn. And um, obviously, we knew PC was linked, but we didn't know how serious it was. Um, So, yeah, just a great, great addition. Um, I want to go back to what you said about his size. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that might be to the benefit of Providence, right? Um, He's only 6'3". But, so, I mean, A.J. Reeves probably had, what, like two or three inches on him?
1: Yeah, I would say A.J. Reeves was every bit of 6'5",
2: 6'6". Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you were to put Locke, you know, in the three spot, he would be a little undersized. However, I think the fact that he's smart, better ball handler than A.J. Reeves. So, I think, you know, that that low center of gravity or whatever, as I like to call it, granted he's not a small player, but at 6'3", Um, you know, he's definitely a better ball handler and a guy that can drive to the hoop past the fenders better than A.J. Reeves, right? Um, So A.J.
1: AJ just didn't ever really seem to develop that, and from what I've seen of Locke watching his games, um, he actually does have kind of a nice mid-range game. And Yeah, for sure. But by no means is he, like, going to be known as, like, a Durham who can finish at the rim as great as Durham did, but he can attack the rim and he can beat you off the dribble, which um a lot of times you know Reeves couldn't do um so we'll see you know we'll see what comes of Locke and I think the nice thing is he's played in the ACC he's played in the SEC it's not going to be a step up in competition so he should be able to for the most part jump right in and contribute right away
2: yeah what about his uh you know is your shooting the ball last year at Louisville um career low 34% um But I mean, that's a number you almost take as a Fryer fan, right? Um, Yeah. Does that concern you? No,
1: because there was so much weird stuff going on with Louisville last year. I know it sounds so strange to say and like kind of like the old Bill Parcells mantra you are what your record says you are, like wherever the circumstances are. He didn't have a great shooting year, but um, I mean, 34% is not really atrocious.
2: (laughs) No, no, not at all but, but I mean it's down from his Career average of what like 39% um, Yeah
0: something like it's that kind of yeah. off the
2: top of my head with that one But, um, but yeah I, I'm really not either I, I just wanted to get your sense on that But um, Alright so let, let's move on Locke uh, is in And then PC adds Clifton Moore uh, Big man from LaSalle 6'10", originally Played at Indiana Um you know a little i would say he wasn't like the highest rated recruit i think he was you know outside the, the top 100 uh and i think maybe further i think like 135 or 140 or something like that uh um, yeah.
1: go ahead yeah no he was well he was i mean anytime he was still actually a pretty well-known recruit but not a blue chip like top 75 top 100 um he was actually on the same recruiting visit as Al Durham when he visited Indiana. So, that's yeah, crazy. they were probably the
2: same class. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so,
2: um, you know, he, he didn't find much opportunity uh, at IU in his first two seasons. So he transfers to LaSalle. Um, I, I think he was probably a guy that, that was a bit of a project, right? He's 6'10, but he can kind of handle the ball pretty well for his size. Um, I really love the way he runs the floor. If you watch some of his highlights from LaSalle, like a lot of it, he gets easy dunks off off cuts to the hoop. Um, He can work in the post. And also he's a capable shooter from three. I mean, his percentage is not pretty. Um, uh, I'll make you aware of that now. But he is a guy that if you leave open, he can hit a three. So, um, you know, maybe not quite your stretch four like we talked about in terms of like a need um but you know i I think he's a very intriguing player and then we talked about it in the write-up on him on the province crier the rim protection i mean that's huge I, i don't think we've had that since carson deroges
1: yeah we really haven't um nate was such an athletic player but on the offensive end it was really strange like so I thought he got on the offensive end, but he never really was known as somebody who really blocked shots, except when he helped on like the weak side and uh, caught the opposing player by surprise. Um, more, if you look at the pictures of him around Cooley and just the staff in general, he is a big boy. He's oh, all yeah. 6'10". He, and he's, um, you know, it looks like he spends time in the weight room too. Uh, so he's built, he can block shots. I think he was top 15 nationally in block shots a game last year. Um, if not higher. So I'm um, curious what you think. Cause I, I, I don't have an answer here. Does Croswell slot at the four and he, does Croswell slot at the four and he slots at the five or does he come off the bench and say like, Hey, I'm happy to be playing up a level from the a 10 to the big East. And I'm, I'm good with getting off the bench 15 to 20 minutes a game spelling Croswell.
2: See, that's what I don't know. I think it's something that we'll have to monitor throughout the off season. Yeah. Um, you know, see what we can hear from from organized team activities and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, like that's my biggest question because to me I feel like you want Crosswell Crosswell at the five even though he's undersized Um, because you want him near the rim, you want him getting offensive rebounds, putbacks, uh, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I'm pretty much as stumped as you are on that. Uh also, very intrigued also, to see how it goes.
1: Also, like, let's not forget about Castro. <laughs> right. Castro no. Castro may say, like, hey, thanks for coming in, but this is my spot.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Totally. Uh, um, so yeah, so I mean, part of me thinks any time you bring in a transfer, especially a grad transfer, um, you kind of get the sense of, okay, he he probably assumes he's gonna be having a pretty pivotal role here with the team um so that would lead me to say that yeah he probably would be in the starting lineup. but where they saw him the four of the five and your guess is as good as mine right now
1: and there, and uh there there might be some shifts to the starting five if we land another transfer recruit so uh who knows? yes
0: yes but i think uh, i think
1: at a, but at a at a minimum this guy is going from the A-10, and he has one more free year, which he, I don't think he would have if not for the COVID year. Um, Cooley may have said, hey, like, look what Croswell did in bench minutes last year. You get your MBA at, at PC, um, and it's a good business decision for you, and you, know, you can make some connections outside of basketball because I don't think anybody, unless he just takes us completely by surprise, I don't think anybody expects him to be playing professionally basketball after this upcoming season. So it could just be like, a, hey, we need, we need some minutes off the bench. You're looking for a place to land, get your MBA, and go from there. But maybe he surprises us and he becomes our starting five or starting four, who knows.
2: Let me pose this to you. Do you think they go after him if Isindoko didn't decommit? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking, like, we need a stretch four guy – and he's not exactly that. Um...
1: Uh, yes, I think they do because I think they had the expectation that Esendoko – there's a reason why they tried to get him in a semester early. Right. It's because he probably wasn't
0: game be a project.
1: Yeah, he's going to be a project. So I think they were going to redshirt him this upcoming year anyway. Um, and they, need, they needed the minutes. Like, the, having him is actually – we didn't really talk about having a backup big as being really vital and important, but it is because – Say, I, I would hate for this to happen, but say Croswell goes down to injury, say Castro goes down to injury. Who the heck are our front court players? We don't have any.
2: I mean, dude, think about last year. If Watson, Porkler, or Crosswell see extended absence due to injury or something like that, like what would they have done? <laughs> like...
1: So this was a sneaky big need that maybe we weren't talking about as much as we should have been.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, and then the last guy that commits on Easter, Devin Carter, um, 6'3", 6'4", guard out of South Carolina. Um, We've talked about him extensively on on the last podcast. Um, Earned all freshman SEC honors last year. Um, He's a guy that can attack the basket definitely a downhill player offensively just you know blowing by his man attacking at the rim super explosive athlete um you can catch him on you know some blobs and i'm sure the cooling staff will will drop some of those plays for him um like so he can finish alley oops um guy that can get to the line you know he did only average 3.7 attempts per game last year so, I mean, I wouldn't call it living at the line. Uh, like, I've seen – I'm pretty sure it's, like, per 40, right? Like, th- that's the free throw stat that everyone's loving.
1: that yeah, everybody's obsessed with, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, we'll see. But I, the thing I love about him is he's only a freshman, so you have three years of eligibility there. Um, and he can develop in- into a real star in the province backcourt. Um like the last two guys that that we mentioned, both Locke and um, Moore, they will be one-year players, which, by the way, I'll just throw out there. I like the way that they're positioning their roster from that front too, right? You know, you don't want to bring in too many guys like a Devin Carter that would have three years left because then, you know, recruiting down the line, that that kind of puts you in a bind, right? Yeah. So um, to have those guys be – Grad right, transfers, uh, I think, is great um, for flexibility in terms of the roster. Looking down, way down the line, right? Um, but, but yeah, the three years eligibility for Carter is really intriguing because I, I think he can blossom into a guy um, that can be a star player in the backcourt for both.
1: Yeah, I mean, while you were talking, I was I was looking up who was on the freshman team in the SEC this year, and a couple of names that jump out. Like, the SEC was pretty loaded. Jabari Smith, he'll probably go top two, top three in the NBA. Ty Ty Washington, Kentucky. Brandon Murray, LSU, who's going to Georgetown. Um, Kennedy Chandler, Tennessee. This name's not as well-known, but unless you're like a big basketball follower. Ziegler, Tennessee, Davidson, and Bidiako from Bama. So the fact that he's been in that group, like of that group, I would say the majority of those folks are probably going to be playing in the NBA.
2: Yeah. I mean, the SEC has certainly been able to, you know, get big time recruits, like one and done type recruits uh, on the trail of recent years. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, how many players? Like, that was a lot of players. How many players was on the freaking list?
1: They're just handed it out like candy. It's, uh, of course. Let me count. Carry the one, eight. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, eight, eight all freshman players. So I guess it's just a participation trophy, which is <laughs> fitting fitting for society. Um but yeah, I mean I I'll ask you this question because some people kind of fired back at me when I proposed this. Do we is it a lock that he's going to be starting at the two spot next to Bynum?
2: I would think so. Do you? I do. I,
1: I don't think I don't think Cooley makes promises. Um and he does also have three years remaining. Uh, So who knows? I think it'll actually be a battle between Breed, maybe Goodine, maybe he surprises me, but I'm not really going to count. I think there's going to be a big battle between Breed and Goodine for that two spot, or uh, Breed and uh, Carter for that two spot.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's interesting, right? Because now you have Breed, Goodine, uh, Bynum, Carter, I mean, I, I guess we can throw him by him out because he's obviously going to pencil in at the one spot, but um, you're kind of getting a log jam. And on top of that, it was announced it today another- Corey yeah. Floyd Jr. visiting campus on this Monday as we record here. Um, and they have two spots open.
1: And, <laughs> and they have, two guys- I mean, they, I don't expect him to get any minutes, but Barry's coming in too.
2: Right. I mean, and he's the
1: combo guard. Like, as Corin said on the podcast the other day, like, Pierre is more the true guard, um, true point guard, I should say. So he doesn't really fit in the mix there. But, uh, you know, we have the roster spots. I mean, I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned about the logjam of, like, combo guards that are in the 6'3 to 6'4 size. We need uh, – I don't know. I guess it's a good problem to have when you're just stacking talent.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, the one thing you do want to kind of, be like, wonder – look at a team like Texas from last year, Chris Beard brought in transfer upon transfer upon transfer upon transfer. Yeah. And a lot of the guys were concerned about the roles. Yeah. Trey Mitchell leave the team mid season. Um, So he's not roadie now, by the way. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I know that. That's, I mean, that's a great way in for R.T. Miller, huh?
2: Yeah, um it, it's gonna intensify this URI UMass uh rivalry here. It, I'm kinda excited for it as as a New England guy. Um, you know, let these guys duke it out. Um Frank Martin's making a killing on the trail already, brings two guy, two big guys from South Carolina, and then just added Rasul Diggins from Yukon. So yeah, um, so yeah, and that's very interesting. But aside from that, yeah, the log jam you would hope that the concern is, okay, are people concerned about their roles? How would that impact the chemistry and the team play for the season? Um, But the counter way to look at it is the more competition, the better, man. Like competition brings out the best in everyone, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. But I would hope that the competition kind of elevates everyone here.
1: Yeah, I think – so – one of the points you made on the pod of corn, which I thought was a really good one, was it seems like we fit, we have reconfigured our recruiting strategy to really emphasize culture, um, and that one is something that is really important that I don't think is talked about enough. Like, Cooley is bringing in these guys that I think fit the culture, and if you're not if you're not game to compete for minutes, then you're you know you're better off leaving because that's just the way it is, and. You know, in the past it was like, hey, let's just get talent because we need talent because we're a small Providence. It's like, no, we're coming off a sweet 16 run. You know, you could be here. You cannot be here. We're going to win regardless. And I love that attitude. So it could bring out the best in people. And, like, if I'm breed, I'm saying, okay, game on. You guys are already counting me out. Let's see what happens, with you know, in practice. So hopefully just, you know, iron sharpens iron type thing.
2: Right. Totally. Um, All right. So – Obviously, huge weekend for the Friars. John Rothstein actually um, put them in at number forty-five. He said they had the best weekend of any team in college basketball last weekend, and that's good enough for number forty-five on his Rothstein forty-five, uh, you know, preseason edition, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, few names to, to keep an eye out. I've been checking my phone; nothing yet on the Bryce Hopkins front there seems to be a lot of the burner accounts that like to break some news saying yeah, that they got,
1: they got to, they got to stop that. Cause one of the times it's going to hurt us. And the guy's going to be like, screw you. Like you, you <laughs> stole my, you stole my shine. I'm not committing anymore.
2: I know. But the problem is you know, see, like, how do you stop it? Because one, you can't, you, don't you know, can't, you can't, you, can't. Stop it. you don't know if it's all Providence fans. And I know for a fact that one of the burners is not a Providence fan. Uh, so you need
1: Elon Musk to start charging $10, $10 a month for Twitter.
2: <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So, you know, it seems things are going in the right direction for Bryce Hopkins to be a fryer. And obviously that would be a massive, massive get, um, that spot right now, you know, three, four wing, it's pretty open, uh, yeah. and Hopkins could certainly fill that. Um, And then obviously Corey Floyd is on campus. So, you know, keep an eye on those two. We'll we'll see what this team does here uh, down the stretch. Obviously those guys would have extra eligibility. So you kind of got to think about that, but um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see here, but obviously home run transfer portal so far, I think.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Let's, let's just, let's play a game here. Say, we don't get Hopkins or Floyd. What's what's what do you think is the starting lineup next year?
2: I'm gonna go with Bynum, Carter Locke. And then I'll go with more more and crosswell and be intrigued to see who plays what.
1: Okay, I'll do I'll do the same except I'll swap in Castro for more. Okay. And then, more, and then more will just be the utility for guy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think it matters who start between Castro and more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if both of them can contribute, contribute in a positive way um, for sure. Um, and if, but yeah, I, I think that's a big question. Like that question about where more fits in, I, I think will be one of the big ones that, that we think about throughout this offseason. season. Uh,
1: and if, if Hopkins, Hopkins commits, does he slide into that four spot for you?
2: I do. I, I, I'm high on him. I, I really am. I just think he's, um, you know, he's not the perfect player. Um, you know, he's a bit of a tweener. But I just see a guy that can – that has solid handles for a guy his size. Um, you know, he's good around the rim. He can crash the glass, get your offensive rebounds. And then I, I think he's developing in, in, into – I think he'll be a formidable shooter. I, I really do. Um, his,
1: his stroke looked nice last year when, you know, when you, he had the chance to shoot it from deep.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's something clearly he's wanted to work on, I think, from high school. Uh, and then that one year at Kentucky, I'm sure he worked on it a lot. So – I'm really high on him, so I'll say yes. I have a feeling you're gonna go the, a different direction here.
1: No, I, I think um, I think if he I think if he commits, uh, then he'll probably be slotted in the fourth spot. Um, but again, the nice thing with the culture is like, hey, we we're not gonna hand you over starting spots because I think that's just foolish to do. Um, you have to earn the minutes and just as much as that two spot you're gonna there's going to be a battle there's gonna be a battle for that four spot with Hopkins, Castro, more even like geeter you, you you never know um, so it's going to be a battle, and like one of the the big themes that I was thinking about earlier today was just like how deep and talented this upcoming team is going to be. You think about like the guard spots bynum pierre, two guards, Barry. Uh, Barry, Breed, Kadeem, uh, Carter, Locke, Peter. You know, like you just go through it all, and then the front court: Castro, Croswell, Moore. It, there, there's just a lot of talent there, man. It's um, you, you think we're gonna do Kentucky platoons? I I hope not. That's actually, I think we found. I think one of Cooley's best jobs he did this year was finding like a really strong rotation, like a really good rotation. Um. I am nervous we're not going to have – again, this is way in advance. I'm nervous we're not going to have the roles figured out early in the season. And this might be a team that's – this might be a team that starts off really slow and then comes on in Big East play because regardless of, like, how much talent you're bringing in, it's a lot of new bodies and new faces. And people got to get used to playing with each other. Um, yeah,
2: no doubt. And I think yeah. last year it worked out, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, and, and that's the one thing with this transfer portal becoming the new age of college basketball is like, how, how do you manage that? And I think last year, what, what made it work out so well was, you know, the roles were so easy to define. Mania, your lockdown wing, cover your, the opposition's best player. Let's go. Uh, Durham, your additional ball handler. Um, a guy that will attack the basket, get to the line. Like, and it just all seemed to mesh, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it will be interesting. Right? Clearly, the chemistry is something to monitor uh, as we go through this offseason, no doubt. Yep. All right. You got anything else, POC?
1: No, nah, man. I'll be eagerly checking Twitter the next couple of days, maybe in the next couple of hours, see if anything pops. But uh, so far, you know, it's it's hard to say that we've, up the momentum from this season, but somehow I feel like we have, and we're like the the, the team that everybody's talking about. So it's, it's it's been really interesting, and hopefully we just continue to carry this over into next year.
2: Yeah, no doubt. All right, I got two things. Uh, another transfer portal addition that broke today that I wanted to share: uh, Bryant gets Earl Timberlake. Apparently, Zimmer. according to our guy Jake Zimmer, visited Providence a few weeks ago. That Which was.
1: Makes- which makes yeah. me think we might be getting that other commit because uh because they play the identical positions. They play that like big three, small man four, both both physical guys. And you know, Grasso's doing a great job at Brian, but I think if you were to choose between Brian and Providence, I think it's a pretty easy easy decision. So this could just be me being completely biased, but maybe reading the tea leaves and saying, Hey, Earl, we love you, but uh, your spot's no longer available.
2: Yeah, very, very possible. Um, you know for me though, my, my great white buffalo of recruits. I wanted him so bad. Uh,
1: dude oh, high right. school. I loved uh, him. Where was he the right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that no, loaded the matha team with with
1: Dick, with Dick, Dick Hesler Dickinson and
2: or... and uh, wait no no more Dickinson him
1: it's, there were some others that? too
2: yeah yeah just a loaded team um yeah so it, it's sad to see him go to brian but hey maybe i'll catch a brian bulldog game this year who knows
1: <laughs> dude that's gonna be must watched. i mean i think i know kiss declared and it's going pro but having uh mustache dog and big earl that's gonna be quite a lineup
2: yeah no, especially for the america east man watch out um, they may if-
1: they may come in they may come in first year and win the
2: whole thing it's possible. I, I think UVM might have, have something to say about that. Uh, they got a pre, pretty good program going there uh, in Vermont. But um, And then my last thing with it, as we're recording on Marathon Monday in Boston, uh, BRC, you ran a marathon this weekend.
1: I did. Can you share? I, ran, I, I did. I ran the uh, Newport Marathon on Saturday. Uh, did well. Ran at 3.35, which is good for me. Uh, and then afterwards celebrated, had some fun and, you know, it, tying it back to the commitment thing, I was driving home to Jersey from Newport. And as a, as I was driving home, you get more and car and, uh, more and Carter to commit. I'm like, I couldn't have picked the worst time to be driving home because I couldn't like tweet or anything. Cause I was driving, but yeah, it was a t- tough marathon, but a good marathon. And, uh, first, first marathon I ran in Rhode Island, I've run others in New York and New Jersey. So good stuff. Yeah,
2: Well, congrats on that. Um, Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was getting a haircut and I get to my car and I just see that the lock news pop like 10 minutes prior and I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) Oh, man. But all good because the Friars are reloading the roster, man. We're real excited. Be sure to follow along, Providence Cryer, all offseason long. We'll have some good stuff for you. Continue to follow along the pod as well. We'll be getting more episodes with Rich Corin, seeing what we can do there. Um, in terms of, you know, I, I feel like we've ha- had a lot of the news of the off season happen right now, and it's like, what are we going to do from now until friggin' uh, October? But um, we'll be sure to find some interesting pods for you guys uh, with, with the province Pride Podcast. So, until then, have a good one, Fire See you later. See
1: you
0: guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah Daisy Duke when I'm with a butter hoop, ayy Crossover, I might go to Heard they sleeping on me, well let's take him back to school (inaudible) P.C., you know he on go, ayy Call like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy Fall down, bounce back like M.I.H.O, ayy I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O they was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. Any team we bumping, so we gon' let them have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. At the <laughs> this year we taking over March Madness. Man, up in my city on the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh. Crossover, I might throw the LU. But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school. Man, up in my city I'm the truth.